Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, your best source for information, news, tips, and tricks to get you off the ground running and earn success with your custom apparel decorating business. So get ready to soak up some knowledge. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mark. Everyone, and welcome to episode 60 of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. My name is Mark Stevenson from Coldesi, and this is Mark Vila with Coleman and Company. And today we are going to talk about uh, outsourcing, specifically some lessons in outsourcing and how to grow your business using contractors. And I just like to announce at this point that from now on, I am going to hire a contractor to do this part of the podcast. Yeah, they do a really good impression. It's true. <laughs> Well, um, so outsourcing, contractors, you know, all this stuff. Essentially, in a nutshell, what it means is that you own a business and you have a limited amount of time and a limited skill set on the things that you can do well or just the time that you can do them in. Right. And and you may not be at a a time in your business where you can hire a full-time or a part-time employee or that may not be part of the profile of your business. Mm-hmm. You may be uh, content to work out of your home, you know, for the entire career of, that you have your business, and it just doesn't make any sense to hire in four people um, to have them sit around your dining room table and work with you. Yeah, and and you might have certain things to do or certain jobs to be done that may um, never in in your dreams warrant a a full-time person to do right you know um are you is your business ever going to have a full-time web you know high you know high level web developer no in there you know no. not, you know not a lot of businesses have that right for a full-time you know staff um and there's plenty of other things um so we what are some different things that we can outsource well i'll tell you what we do because Coldessi and Coleman and Company are no longer what you would call a, a very small business, right? We're both pretty big players in the uh, custom apparel equipment and supply marketplace, and we've got, I think we're up to 80, 90 employees or, or something ridiculous. It's, it's a big business now. Um, and we still outsource quite a bit of the, of the activities that we need to accomplish because we're not ready to bring somebody in-house. So outsourcing isn't just for small businesses that want to grow. They're also for medium size and bigger business that just aren't ready to fill positions in in your company. Yeah. So, uh, Mark, what are some of the things that, because I, I feel like we have to establish some expertise. Sure, here. okay. Um, what are some of the things that that Coleman and Company has outsourced successfully and unsuccessfully in the past? Okay. Just as an example. Sure. Uh, well, if you've been to our website in the past, and in the present, um, you'll notice it's significantly different. Um, but we don't staff on a full development team here of folks that build websites. Right. So um, we have an outside organization that helps us out with that. That would be, you know, a very good and successful um, example of, of using an outside contractor. Right. Now, now, could we bring in a web developer to do that full-time if we wanted to? Um, I guess maybe yes or no. Right. Right. I mean, um, if you're asking, I, you know, I don't run the books. Right. So, um, if, if money is not an object and we're assuming things then yeah, we, we could, you know, okay. you could bring in, um, somebody to do that, but you also miss out on 
certain things when you do that as well. Yeah. Uh, because the the company that we work with, it doesn't just have one employee. They have a team. Right. So they have a couple of main developers, you know, high-level developers. I'm not sure what. I'm sure they have some fancy words they like to call them. Yeah. But people who know everything. They're, they're probably <laughs> like... Like web devs, yeah. like shortened words that sound very cool. And uh, and then you, they've got some people underneath that know more than me, maybe, or yeah. equal to me. And then they've got some people below that that can just do some basic spreadsheet work and stuff like that. So they've got a team of people. So when we when we're when you work with a um, an outsourcing type of a firm like that, if you want to call it a company, uh, compared to doing it here, not only are we just hiring one developer, but we're hiring a small team of people, and they can use different pieces, you know, for success. So, so that's a great that's a great description of why we would want to hire a contractor for that application. And the other reason is is that we could afford to bring somebody in full time. But we really only do big updates on maybe an annual or yeah. biannual basis. So that person would not have that kind of a project to do for maybe eight months out of the year or six and, months and out of the they year. Would, they may have um, you know, 120 hours of work, of, of work a week to do for four weeks. And, and then, then nothing. And then nothing. And listen, if you've ever uh, been a manager or a business owner of any kind, that drives you bats. You know, to see, it's, it's great to see somebody that's working, like, from 8 in the morning until 8 at night. But when they're done with the job and they come in the next week and they really don't have anything to do between 8 and 5 for a week, then you start looking at your bank account again. Yeah, and it also, um, you know, some of these outsourcing type of things and contractor work um, are also very small jobs, too. Yeah, so we, we hire out, for example, uh, you found a great digitizer. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we have a, a great staff of tech support people, and they do great digitizing work, but they're busy, and we don't want to stop them helping you to get stuff done for ourselves. So occasionally, if we want a design done for an embroidery demonstration mm-hmm. or we want something done for bling, then we will actually hire somebody to do our digitizing. And that may be a $15 to $150 job, depending on the job. Yeah, and they don't work in this building, you know, and why might that be? Um, Because we've got a whole crew of people who know how to do that here. But sometimes it works on the the level of work in your plans. So, for example, um, you know, Sean in our uh, tech department, he, he knows a lot about digitizing. Yeah, right? he talks about every single day, and he yeah. does awesome work. I mean, he's done he some does. of the coolest things I've ever seen. Um, however, I'll put on the schedule say that I want to do a particular demonstration on a cat, and I and I put it on you know request for Sean to have it done by a certain date, and maybe everything is fine, and he plans to do it on either Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday of this week. Yeah. Well, those three days just happen to be heavy support days for him. Right. So he has no time to do it. Just by coincidence, it just means that though you know normally on he would have had fifteen minutes a day to dedicate to this little project, yeah. And the past three days, he's he's worked thirty minutes overtime each. So day. then we're stuck. We have to delay the project. We have to delay the. And project. that's a great that's a great example um, of of time management being a motivator for um, hiring a contractor, outsourcing the work because you may physically not have time. The people that work with you may not have time. Or it may just be a matter of priority like it was in this case. Yeah. So, for example, if you have something that you want to do in your business by Wednesday, 
um, and you are going to do it yourself and you fully intend to do it, but you get a four million t-shirt um, order from somebody. Um, guess what's going to happen to that project? It's just not going to get yeah. done. Yeah, and another thing that could be um, sometimes it could be last minute work or, yes. or quick work um, or unexpected work. So what that can happen is with the example I gave, I had planned for it, but something came up that Sean had to prioritize. Right, helping our you know helping yeah, our helping customers you guys. with support. You know, yeah. um, because that's his first priority. Right, so great. Um, there may be a scenario uh, where. You have you do digitizing, you know. You do digitizing. Your husband does it, or wife does it, or one of your you have a, a part-time employee that does it. Yeah, works in, in on the weekends for you, whatever it might be. Um, but then all of a sudden, you pick up another job real quick. So you're out. You know, your digitizer does some work on Saturday and Sunday. Let's just say in the morning. That's when digitizing gets done for you. That's yeah. how your business works in this example. And then Friday night, you're out. Um, you know, at a football game. You know, with your kid, and you run into another parent. They say, "Actually, if you could do this for me, like by Monday afternoon, opportunity strikes." Yeah, opportunity strikes. Um, but it, it's all new digitizing work. You're yeah. out of the digitizing hours you've got allotted. You know, there's yeah. not going to be able to get done by Monday. So if you have an a contractor that you can work with, then that's an opportunity. You give them overflow work. Yeah, you give them work when when you're really busy. When the peak is high, you out you outsource that work. When the peak is really low, you keep you do the work yourself or with your staff. Anyways. Yeah, and and I'll give you another example of that. You know, you may just be at a point where you are good at something, um, but it's time for you to find somebody better. Oh, you that's, know, like, that's good too. Like for example, yeah. um, I built probably twenty WordPress websites like including limited e-commerce and all that stuff, but I don't build the websites anymore for Cold Essie. Why? Because there's about 11 of those, and there are people out there that can do that better. So I'm at a point now where I could do this, but for a little bit of extra money and with a little bit of extra planning, I can have somebody that's significantly better than I am. I can do it, but there's better expertise out there. And that even extends to things like... Um, Paid advertisements. Yeah, I'm I'm really good at Google AdWords, but it's still not something that I do 24/7. It's not the sole purpose of my business or my part in this business. So there are people out there that spend all day doing it that might be better. So that is a, a that's a situation or also a time when you might look at you know can I do outsourcing? Um, does it make sense for my business? So and, and another thing that comes along with that same thought process thoughts process that got me thinking about, you know, you're particularly good in this in this facet of advertising. It's what you do most of the time. Yeah. Why would you take maybe one of your greatest skills and outsource it to somebody else? And it's also about sometimes um, grasping the bigger picture of things for your business. So you may have started this business by by yourself. And you, one of the ways you start it is by playing with the software. And you got particularly good at designing bling designs, yeah. em embroidery designs, T-shirt designs, whatever it is. And you're, and you're really good at designing them. Um, but you're also trying to grow your business. So right. there's two things you, you, know, you could do here. Either you become the artist and you hire somebody to be your manager. Yes. And, run your and business that, that happens. You. That happens yeah, all the which, time. Which can happen. Um, or... Um, you manage the business 
and you bring and you bring in somebody else to help you out with the artwork, and maybe you coach them to bring them up to your level or your expectations right. or what your customers expect from from you. Right, and that's an investment in time. You are going to hire somebody and train them, etc. Or you can outsource that. And you can find somebody that's already good about it and measure how much you would need to pay them on an outsourcing basis versus the time that you would spend yourself and the potential for growing your business. Yeah, so we've got lots of reasons. Yeah, lots of reasons. And then I'm just going to quick just kind of um, just to get everybody um, juices flowing in your head, yes. you know, it, 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 wait for something to ring a bell. But I think we should maybe just kind of just shoot off some different things you might outsource. Yeah, I like um, that. And just and if you if one rings a bell in your head as you're listening to this, you say, you know what, that's that's something I could use yeah. help with. Write that down and look into it. Listen, I've got one right off the bat sure. um, because I'm running a little a little experiment right now. Okay, and I need some artwork done. So um, raise your hand if you are crappy at doing artwork of any kind. Yeah. <laughs> My hand is raised. Like, I'm, I'm terrible at it. Um, so um, outsourcing graphic arts is uh, outsourcing great design is something that you might do. So outsourcing design could be um, just from idea to design, meaning a customer comes to you and they say, we want a new we want an awesome Christmas T-shirt. We're not really sure. We just know we want a Christmas tree on it. Yeah. You know, um, and so it could be from scratch design. It could be you've got artwork from a customer. They gave you this kind of hand-drawn or this picture that they found yes. or last year's T-shirt. And, 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 you know, instead of going online and asking people what font this is, please, you, um, you just, you know, you can outsource this. So you right. can take that artwork and you can send it to somebody who could fix it up for you to print it on a T-shirt. Yes. Um, it also might be converting a decent piece of artwork into something that's good for what you need. So if you're doing um, uh, digital heat effects printing, yeah, you want t-shirt artwork, transfers, yeah, you got to be a little different. You want the art tweaked a little bit. If yep. you're going to do direct-to-garment printing, you're going to want it tweaked. If you're going to do vinyl, you're going to need the colors separated and vectorized so you can just send that right over to your yes. printer. Um, digitizing bling for any type of bling, spangles or rhinestones, yep. uh, templates, so you can all of this work. Um, can be outsourced. You might have to train somebody how to do it your way. That's fine, you know. Right. But but you, all that can be done. You can outsource accounting work. Yeah. You can outsource managing your business, as I mentioned. You know, organization. You yeah. can outsource that. Yeah. Um, you can outsource writing if you want to do emails and and make things for your web copywriting your website. Copywriting. Yeah. You could you could do outsourced marketing. You could do outsource you could marketing. outsource somebody to handle. Facebook advertising for you specifically. Yeah, Google Ads, Run your Facebook social media. Ads. Yeah, you can if you locally advertise, um, you know, on on benches and menus and stuff like that. Because yeah. that's your really small local business. There's probably somebody locally that can help you with that as well. Uh, web development. Web development. That's that's the biggest one that we get. Yeah, and because your website is probably not going to be that as attractive as it could be. That's the nicest way I can say that if you decide to build it yourself. Yeah, and generally speaking, um, in all in all of these things, um, if you're going to hire somebody, you want to you know you want to make sure they're good. Yeah, these, these are now we're starting into the lessons. Yeah, because <laughs> um, along with the years of hiring contractors that Coleman and Company and Colvesi has done, um, there has definitely been a few times uh, where we've learned lessons. There's yeah. been some pain. There's been a little bit of pain, and I promise you, if you hire contractors, if you outsource, you will suffer some of this pain as well. 
we're just going to try to get you ready to avoid as much as possible. Yeah, and and by the way, you can take all of these lessons and you can apply them to your personal life too, like hiring contractors to do work in your home. Yeah, you know, it's very true. And, and I it's, thought you were going to say dating, and yeah, I was, really um, wasn't. I haven't thought about that. Okay, but I'm going to put some. No, no. Uh, so, but yeah, so because some of the lessons that I feel that I've learned, um, I learned from hiring people personally. Yes, and then I've brought that into my professional career. So when, I, when you're thinking about hiring contractors and some of the lessons we're going to talk about, I want you to think about, you know, did you hire a AC or a plumber that did bad work or somebody to redo your kitchen or your patio right. um, or a mechanic? You know, think of why you've hired people before, you know, even though you, um, you know, it's, it's defined very similarly. If you take your vehicle and you drive it to a shop and you have them change your oil for you, you know, essentially... You've outsourced work. In theory, you could, you have, could done. have done it yourself. You could have done it. You know, I mean, it's, it doesn't require a crazy amount of tools or knowledge right. to be able to change oil. However, yep. there are reasons you choose not to do it. Yep. And we're going to, same thing for business. Yeah. And I love the, I love the, con, the home contractor analogy, too. Yeah. Um, because one of the things that we're going to talk about is, is planning and expectations. So um, just imagine if you were going to hire somebody to remodel your kitchen. Mm-hmm. And you just pick somebody off off of Craigslist. You told them roughly how much money you you wanted to spend on remodeling your kitchen, and then you went on vacation. Yeah, just have it done by the time I get back. Nah, it sounds like a mess. It, it, it is a mess because <laughs> you have no idea what that person's going to do. You don't yeah. know what their taste is. You don't know. You haven't given them expectations. You haven't told them what kind of tile you like. Whether or not you want, you know, an island. Whether or not. You, what color scheme you like. You know, all those same same decision, that same setup applies to hiring a contractor for a website or to do graphics or to do your accounting or any of that stuff. Yeah, so um, we'll get into some of the rules and, and things to do, but so I don't forget, um, when you mention that, one of the signs of a good contractor is that they ask you questions about what you just described. Yeah, they so, won't let you do what I just yeah, described. Yeah, a, a good contractor will, if you come and say, redesign my kitchen, just make it look awesome, will ask you a ton of questions. Yeah. Well, what colors do you like? What do you want a modern theme? You know, here's a bunch of pictures. Which one do you like? Those are some signs of a good contractor because they realize the rules that we're going to describe here. They yes. realize expectations. So I think the first thing to consider when you're going to, um, if you're going to outsource or hire a contractor to do a specific job, whatever it might be, whether it's accounting or artwork or digitizing um, or whatever it is, you need to have a very clear, defined description of what you want done. Yeah, and I will tell you that um, that's been a pain point for me because I'm not good at that. Yeah. You know, really, I'm the guy that says, hey, I want a T-shirt, uh, you know, about rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> you know, give me something funny. And then, um, you know, that, that, that'll be my direction. Yeah, and that's hard. So what you want to do is you want to do your best to and write, write it down, um, take a note somewhere, write, write an email to yourself, you know, on your phone. But in a few sentences, do a brief summary of what the job description is. Okay, so um, whatever it might be in five sentences or less, because you want a brief description, and then later on we're going to talk about a more lengthy one. Okay, but good. In the beginning, I think you should have a very brief description of what it is to narrow down and weed away all of the people um, who are not going to be qualified for the job. Right. Right. So um, if you're looking to outsource some 
artwork for T-shirts, you know, to describe the position, something to the effect of, you know, uh, seeking, a, seeking a contractor to do, you know, one-off T-shirt art. Yep. It needs to be very specific. I wanted to, um, very specific in regards to um, different parameters. I'm going to define, like, the DPI, the program they're going to use, the format they're going to send it to me in, yes. you know, the size that I want it. Um, so they need to be able to do all of that. Um, and I need them to be able to follow direction really clear because I'm going to tell them exactly how I want the shirt to look. Yep. And they, I want them to replicate that. A different description at the end might say, I want them to be to have a lot of artistic license and ability because I'm going to give them just abstract and vague ideas. I need them to turn around. Yeah, and, and give you options. And give me options because those are two very different things for artists. Yep. You're going you're gonna to look for different people. The same thing might be for accounting. If you're going to hire, you're going to say, I want somebody who's an expert in QuickBooks because that's what I'm going to use. Yes. You know, I'm gonna. I'm not going to want to send them any of my information that so they have to be available to come to my location for two hours a week. Yep. You know, I don't want to give them any access, whatever it might be, um, or it just might be I just need somebody to send me an Excel report because I, I'm not at a point where I'm going to buy or own any software. I just want right. to see summaries and know my taxes are going to be summaries. I want somebody to write the checks, too. Yes. Yeah, I mean, what, whatever, whatever it is that you're looking for, doing that first general description is designed to get a response of people that do that kind of thing. So if you put an ad out for somebody that, uh, for T-shirt graphics, mm -hmm. you're less likely to get a, a guy that specializes in car wraps, you know, or that yep. specializes in um, live animation. You know, you'll get somebody that is done or is at least interested in doing T-shirts. And you can even make that one of the initial requirements in the description if this is the way you want to work. You could say, I'm looking for someone that's experienced in taking a T-shirt design idea and making a reality yeah. using the following types of software with the following kinds of results in the following time frame. So you need to have a, a just a clear, defined job with, with some basic... Um, not not get too detailed in every single thing, but you need some basic parameters. You need yeah. to define job with some basic parameters, and then the next thing to consider um, on that list would be a budget. How much can how much are you willing to and or can afford to pay? How much you how much should you expect to pay? How much should you expect to pay? So, for example, finding someone to do your books should have a pretty defined price range. You know, it's not going to be from $50 a month to $10,000 a month. Um, you know, there's going to be a specific price range. So take a look at what that price range might be and decide in advance whether or not this is something you can actually do. Yeah, so you can go ahead and if you just, if you say, I want to start outsizing all of my digitizing work for my embroidery, yep. start doing a little bit of research to figure out what the range is. Yep. And then you kind of say, okay, well, I can afford to do this. Yep. Um, whether it's be within that range or say I can't afford to do this. So whatever it might be, you need to define kind of what the budget is, what you're willing to spend, and also you need to just be as open-minded as you can when you're considering this because sometimes you're going to think about, say, outsourcing your books and you start looking at some of the numbers and, and you're really concerned about how much that might cost. But, you, but so, well, why are you asking 
or considering somebody outsourcing your books. Have you made mistakes mistakes in your taxes that's cost you right. money? Um, have you wasted a lot of time, done things incorrectly, um, and not forgot to bill? What does it cost you in the past? Yeah, what, what is your labor and, and error cost? Yeah, so what are the motivations yourself? behind yeah. all of this? So and that and then that helps to define if the cost is worth it. If you want to start outsourcing digitizing, well, why? Because I'm spending three hours a week digitizing, and if I wasn't digitizing, I'd be out selling. Right. Well, maybe you don't prefer the cost of the digitizing because you used to make twenty bucks on digitizing every time somebody did it, and now you make nothing. Right. You know, or you lose five bucks based on your pricing strategy, whatever it might be. Yeah. But if you're saying that you're going to be able to get out there and sell more. Right. I, I, I like that. Is is either learning to do it better or um, learning to do it better or doing it yourself now um, is, is if you free up that time, is it going to be worth more to you and your business than it takes for you to write a check to have somebody else do it? Yeah. That's a so fundamental that's thing. That's a fundamental thing, I agree. So now you kind of have a basic of what the job is, so now you can start going and looking around on how much it might cost you. Make a decision what you're willing to pay. Right. Okay. Um, then the next I would say would be to, now it's probably time to spend the effort in putting a really good job description together. Yeah. Because this is something that you should really put time into. And you could decide now whether or not, is this going to be an ongoing job or is this a one-time thing? Yeah. So, for example, do you need someone to occasionally provide you graphic arts help? Or do you need somebody that you're going to be able to provide work for on a regular basis? Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. description is going to be different based on that. Yeah. So it might be I'm looking for a partner to help me develop the graphic image for my company by producing T-shirt designs on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you these all these ideas. I'm going to provide you with customer logos. We'll probably get five to 15 different jobs a month. I'm looking for somebody that I can work with for a long time in doing this. Or it could be I've got one big job. You know, I need help with X, Y, Z. What's your price? Yeah, and, and whatever, and when, and as you're you're make creating your longer description of what the job is going to be. Um, yeah, it will vary based on if this is a short-term job or a long-term job. Based And really, it's just going to define on how long this description is. Yeah. Um, it, might be just a, it might just be a few sentences and bullet points more than your initial job description. So yeah. if it's just digitizing, then the other things you might add are just, um, you know, it needs to be in a DST format, and I'm going to request, you know, no more than this, no less than this, no more than that, etc. And you'll put, put up some little descriptions. If it's a long term, like you've described, um, somebody's going to do 10 to 20 t-shirt jobs a month with you, yeah. then you're probably going to say, these are days of the week that I'm going ex to expect jobs done by. Um, this is the timetable I expect things to be yeah. done in. Um, you know, I, I'm going to expect 24-hour or 48-hour turn time on everything that I request. Um, you could put technical specs in this description. I want everything to be done in Adobe Illustrator. Yeah. I want it all shared um, with, via Dropbox I, I, and emailed I, to me. I love that. The, so the approach that I usually take to this is I write the story about what I want to have okay. happen. And mm -hmm. then I go back and, and turn the pertinent points into bullets so it's easy for somebody to understand. So um, 
for example, if, if you're hiring a digitizer that you're going to use on a regular basis, um, you can say, I'm going to want it in a DST format. Um, if you are using, maybe you're using um, Stitch Era Liberty and you want to make design changes yourself, so you want it in a DSG format as well. So you're yeah. looking for somebody doing something specific. Um, you may want the original Corel files. You may want original Illustrator files. You may want somebody to give you um, graphics for a T-shirt in PDF file, in a PNG file, so you can easily resize it to use on your website. You may want them to, if somebody's doing graphics for your T-shirt, it may be that I want graphics provided in a PNG file so I can output it on my digital heat effect system or DTG printer. Um, and I also want it in a JPEG file because that's what I'm used to using on my website. Um, and I'll make all these requirements and just be as explicit as possible and make sure that you include things. Typically, I will ask for three revisions or more. Mm -hmm. You know, and set up those kind of expectations in advance. So we need to describe what we want, get, write a little story about what it might be, um, have a, a summary that's easily explained you know, explained in a story, but then also have uh, maybe an outline or some technical details involved as well. But this is the time where what I would say in your longer description, and because you're going to spend time and thought into this, you don't want to do this before you've decided you already can afford it and yeah. the people are available. That's yeah. why this is kind of step three for me. But um, it, I would say the best way to define your longer description is that if you were to just hand this piece of paper to somebody, they would be able to find this person for you as well. I like that. You know, so if you just handed this off to your brother and said, hey, can you help find me somebody who can do this, that your brother knows nothing about your business, who doesn't do anything with you, yeah. would not have any more questions to ask. I like that. that. They can find, that's ideal for this because that means that that you've really put thought into all the aspects of it, into all of the details, everything that needs to be done, all the expectations, what you want done. And when you hire a contractor and you provide them with this document um, or with this email, even if it's just in an email, that they can completely understand what's expected of them before you guys come to terms and to agree to a price and agree to do business together. Yeah, I like all of that. So the, the things that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add as kind of requirements for that longer description is you absolutely need a time frame okay. of when whatever you need done has to be complete, and you may even need to break that up into stages if it's a big enough project. So, for example, if I want a new website done and I want it to launch by January of 2018 mm -hmm. or January of 2019, mm -hmm. I'm not just going to say I need my website done by this date. Mm -hmm. You know, you may want to put some milestones in, in between there. You know, I'd like to be able to re review the, the outline in 30 days. I want to be able to, I want the e-commerce part to be ready at this point. Okay. Um, the other thing that you really have to do, and this is something I failed at several times, and that's you have to put communication standards in your description. So um, I've hired contractors before that let's say I give them a 10-day deadline, but, but what I really need to do is I need to hear from them every day because I am nervous about the project, mm -hmm. and I want to make sure that they're actually doing something and that it's going to be ready. 
So I want them to tell me every day on Skype or on email, hey, Mark, just want to let you know I'm working on the project. Yeah. Here's kind of what I've done. Everything's moving along this yeah, stage. It, and I'm yeah, we're, we're great. Yeah, because and part of the reason is that is that if you don't have clear, defined communication, sometimes on day nine, they tell you that they haven't even started it yet because there was a problem with another project. Yes. And they're going to be five days late. Or they disappear. Or they disappear. We've had that happen, yep. too. Yeah, I've had that happen, absolutely. And, and at home. Yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah, home. you've got a contractor that's supposed to show up. They never show up. Yep. And they never tell you why. Yeah, they never tell you why. It's crazy. I'm really curious. I had a guy, I had some stuff working. I had, like, this little crack on the corner of, like, the stucco. Yeah. You know, my house, yeah. just in this little corner spot. Not a big deal. Um, but it was just wasn't it visually didn't look nice. So I hired this guy, and um, he came and he did initial work. He did a secondary work. He put some, some new stucco on it. Whatever he did, you know. Yep. And then um, and I haven't paid him anything yet. And he's probably put like three hours work, worth of work into really making this new again. Yeah. Which I was like kind of blown away because I was thinking this was going to be like an hour long job. Yeah. Uh, and then that was it. Never yeah. heard from him. He never finished painting it. He just never, never, he just never he lost your address. He just got lost, and and he returned one of my phone calls real quick. We missed each other. I called him. Okay. He didn't answer. He called back, and a I've been real busy. I'll call you back in a week. I'll get the job done. For, get the job done for you. Right. I wasn't that mad because now I just had to go to Home Depot and paint. paint. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that'll happen. Um, so you need to have clear, defined communication, you know, with your contractors, and I think um, that. Uh, just goes to kind of my next point, which is have, um, you know, just have that agree that everyone has 100% understanding of the expectations. Right. So the reason that you've written this this description is because now you go back and forth, you have communication standards, you have what the job is going to be, you're agreeing on how much it's going to cost to get done. Yeah, almost to the point where you guys are going to shake hands and say, you know, let's do this. So at that point in time, both of you need to understand that, have a clear, very 100% clear that everyone agrees. So what I think part of what I like to do in this is to request for them to describe the job back to me in their own words. I like that. So um, that could be they could just write me an email or they could tell it to me over the phone, whatever it might be. But I will just say, um, I, I'm just very, be very frank about yeah. it. Just say I want to make sure that like we're both we both 100% understand kind of the expectations we want from each other and what we want this job to do together. I wrote a description. You read it. You said everything sounds good with that, right? Okay. Just in your own words, could you describe to me what you think I expect and what you think you're going to do? Yeah. And, and and the reason I'm asking you to do this is just because. You know, I just want both of us to feel really comfortable with working this job together. And you're just telling them, basically, I mean, what you're saying to them is, like, I really, really want to make sure you understand what I wrote and read it. Yeah, and, and I mean, their, their, their response could be in the form of a contract. Which, mm-hmm. And if it is in form of a contract, then you know you're dealing with somebody that's a professional at least. Yep. Because they, they have a document that is their customer expectation document. If someone does this for a living... Then I'm sure, like, I know when we did the um, uh, the Coleman & Company website, even though we've been dealing with the same company for years, 
there's a contract involved for that doing that specific website. You sign a piece of paper. The company writes it up. This is what we understand that we're going to be doing. Yep. We're signing that this is what we understand. They send it to you, and then you read it, and you sign that, yes, they understand that correctly, and this is what they're going to do. This is how much money it is, et cetera. Yeah, so could, so then, uh, in other words, it could be two, go two ways. If it's a really small job and you're just talking to a local artist, yep. it could just be a little bit of a phone conversation because you've already written something down. Yes. Um, if it's going to be, if it's a bigger job and you're working with a professional contractor, that put it in your own words actually just might be their write-up or their contract or their customer expectation, you know, documents. Yeah. So it could be very formal in the sense of, of that you're working with a big company like you described, or it could be a little bit less formal because where you're just working with a freelance artist who really doesn't do big contracts, yeah. and you're just trading back and forth, um, you know, what you're agreeing on. But even, even if it is just that casual kind of email exchange, you know, you treat it like it's a contract. At yeah. some point, in the end, you're going to say, we both understand that these are my expectations and this is the price. Please confirm. Yes. And then they confirm it, and guess what? That's the contract. There, yeah, and because and you can always go back to yeah. these words. So let's, let's I, I just want to point out something that may be obvious to some of you and may not be obvious to the rest of you, is that this kind of procedure and these kinds of safeguards and the thought that you're putting into this or that we're recommending you put into all this applies to any contractor you see you hire, including your brother-in-law, including your, yeah, you know. Especially. I mean, yeah, friends and family do not get a pass on this process. As a matter of fact, I want them to sign something, you know, because this is where the potential for, um, for real issues may take place. You know, if your son does graphic design on the side and they screw and, and, and they screw up, now it's a business issue. You know, um, if you late pay your own family, mm -hmm. you know, now it's a personal issue. Yeah, and then it becomes weird at a birthday party. Yeah, which you don't want. No, so if you're going to work uh, because everyone that's listening to this pretty much is going to feel obligated to give some cousin who kind of works on websites, mm -hmm. you know, the opportunity to do yeah. this. And this is, is we, we deal with it all the time. But let me explain to you something that's, you know, legit and real, okay? Right. So if you decide to do this and then the, we don't, you don't like the website and it was a mess and you wasted a bunch of time and then um, the, the level of awkwardness at that birthday party now yeah. is much worse than if you would have said, hey, I, I would love to have given you the opportunity, but I just really wanted to hire somebody who's, like, a pro. I, I, yeah, I want, I want to be able to fire somebody and not feel guilty. Now, the other side of this is if you have always hated going to those birthday parties, mm -hmm. it may be worth the money Ooh. to hire your brother-in-law that you know is going to do a terrible job <laughs> just so you never have to go to those perfect. events again. Oh, I Opp mean, opportunity knocks again. Yeah, you know it does. I guess that you know I you know I didn't think about it that way, but now that you did, I'm going to use that to my advantage. I like that. So, so what else? Do you have anything else? Because I really want to talk about some of the places that you might be able to find contracts. Sure. Um, I think the last thing that I had here um, is just to protect 
This doesn't have to be too long because it's self-explanatory, but make sure you protect your private information. Oh, yes. And uh, which includes um, data, passwords, you know, all the obvious, bank account, access to certain things. If you're talking to a contractor and they say, oh, okay, you know, um, just, you know, what's your password to this, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and then you should be weary about when it's okay to give out a password for what. Right. So if it's your main business Gmail account and there's bank account access in this and there's your phone is connected to it and PayPal, you should just never, ever give that away. And yeah. if somebody tells you that they have to, they're either very lazy or, or, or trying to scam yeah, you. Yeah, be, because we were talking about this before the uh, we started recording the podcast, is all the important services that we use. Yeah. Um, WordPress for web design, um, Google AdWords, uh, Bing ads, Bing and Yahoo ads, Facebook advertising, they all make provisions for hiring contractors. Yeah, and, and where they have an actual where you can add a secondary user, you can add a subcontractor. Give them uh, different permissions. Give them different permissions, so maybe they, they can do everything except, you know, add or delete or see credit card information, you know, in, yeah. in your profile. So whatever it is, do your research on before you give out um, uh, passwords, and then also just use common sense. Yeah. If you look at it and you say, well, there's... I'm going to give out a password to this particular service. I don't have anything. There's nothing hidden in here. There's nothing that, you know, it's just, it's one access. It's no big deal for if, if they were to log in, if they were to log into this. Um, it's also tied to my email, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, so, and there's other things where you should just say, no, I'm never going to give out this password. It's yes. mine. It's sacred. Um, and then, you know, you, which means you might have to find somebody different if somebody seems to argue that. And if you really are concerned, then generally speaking, you can contact that service that you're working with. So whether it is an e-commerce platform or an advertising platform or um, an accounting platform, whatever yeah. it is, you can usually contact these services or software or whatever it is and ask them. I'm hiring a contractor. I'm trying to figure out the best way to keep my account secure. And oftentimes they can send you some documentation on how to add somebody. Yeah, true. That's true. And, and, and like you said, most of the big ones do it. So that's a big thing to consider with outsourcing contracting. Um, when, what's the when would you give a contractor a key to your house versus letting them in? Right. Right? Good decision. And there's levels. You know, there's levels of it. So maybe if somebody was overhauling your entire house... Yeah. At that point in time, they're in every nook and cranny. You're you can't even live there. Yeah. You know they're taking the door off. <laughs> right. You know first, that first versus <laughs> my my sink is clogged. Yeah. Um, in the downstairs bathroom. You know what? I'm going to be for, away for a week. Here's here's the key to my house. Yeah. You know, please fix that at some point. Yeah. So so you manage those based on on common sense. Um, and whenever you're in doubt, you know, um, you can consult with somebody else, consult with the service you're working with, anytime that you feel like your security or any or any information, um, always consult with somebody else, hopefully a professional in the service you're working in. But if not, worst case scenario, just a trusted business advisor. Yeah. Yeah. Now there are um, there are a lot of ways to find contractors because that's kind of the mm -hmm. next step. Yeah. Other than asking around, which I do encourage you to do is ask for referrals from other people that you do business with, and if they if they say they know someone good at X or Y or Z, 
then uh, don't just take it at that. You know, ask them how long have you been doing business with them? Have they ever made any big mistakes that have cost you money? You know, do your due diligence with those. But that's a good place to start. Is other people that are maybe in your business or in your area, depending on the service that you're looking for. Who do you use? So uh, it, when you're doing that, uh, first of all, understand if you ask somebody and they recommend somebody that's close to them, you know, um, they may. My brother-in-law did my website. My brother-in-law, he did know, a great job. There, um, I want you to ne- never feel obligated to hire that company, right? Okay, um, or that person. So that's very important. Is that if you're going to ask for referrals, don't feel an obligation to hire the person. Um, but people will get over it if you don't hire. Yeah, do, and don't them. or don't ask someone that you couldn't say no. Don't ask your pastor if his son is still <laughs> doing websites. Yeah, you know, because you, then you've got to hire him. Yeah, if you feel like you can't say no, don't ask that. Um, if you feel that you want to keep things away from home, um, then then be sure to only ask people in professional environments. Yeah, that means uh, maybe going onto a forum or a small business association or a chamber of commerce or whatever it might or be. Or the custom apparel startups Facebook yeah. group. Yeah. So you only can go to a professional atmosphere and just ask people that are either in your industry or just business owners in general um, rather than seeking out the help of friends and family. Right. Now, if you don't have any of that, you could do things like go to Craigslist. Mm-hmm. I've actually hired some great people on Craigslist to help with a variety of different small projects. Yeah, and actually... Um, one, uh, one of our really good employees at Coleman & Company. We hired through. Okay. Yeah. I learned, um, I got my first lessons in WordPress from a uh, from a guy I found on Craigslist. We met at a coffee shop, and he kind of worked me through the first steps in doing WordPress. Yeah, when I did some of my home remodeling, um, I hired a young man to help uh, just be a second set of hands. Yeah. And that's where I contracted him. But you treat that... Just like you treat anything else in life, use common sense. There's nothing to be scared about being on there, right? right? You're, you're anytime you're on any of these forums anywhere, there can always be somebody who's going to try to take advantage of you, or, uh, or maybe did not tell the complete truth about their skill set. Yeah, and I, I, I do want to reiterate that the source, what we talked about in the first part of the podcast, all the requirements and all of our lessons on hiring great, you know, hiring. Um, outsourcing correctly, hiring contractors correctly, it all applies to any source that you pick. Yep. So if you're asking for referrals, you drop those names into all of the rules that we talked about. If you go on Craigslist, you're doing everything that we talked about. Um, and But you can also just go online, and there's a lot of, um, there are a lot of websites that are designed to help you find Freelancers or contractors. Yeah, and and there's so many that are very very specific ones. Yep. Um, for very specific industries, and there are ones that are more general. And then then you're also just going to as you're Google searching around, you're just going to find organizations that do that. So if you're looking for embroidery digitizing, there's not going to be a shortage of companies out there that yes. will do that. Right. So it's easy to go onto Google and just search outsource embroidery digitizing or embroidery digitizing services, start clicking through, start yeah. looking around, um, you know, have a little bit of cash aside to maybe test some companies out, yep. you know, if you'd like to or ask for some That's another files. thing that we, we, we didn't talk about is if you're looking for some work like graphics or digitizing, you should definitely want to see some of their previous work. Yeah, exactly, and, and and that's good. 
to do. Uh, so when you're doing this, you know, you can just use Google as your friend, search around. You can use Craigslist to find people more locally. Yeah. That's typically going to be a local way to find people. Um, and or just any time, any if you just search, you know, contract hire a contractor for my business. You know, yeah. You're going to find a bunch of places that will have people for doing writing, accounting, whatever it is. There, there, there seems to be a service for, I mean, there's freelancer.com. There's, mm. um, I found there, there's, there's a, a service called Copy Hackers, which is just, uh, they're just copywriting service, you know, where you can hire a variety of, of professionals. And the nice thing about working with some of, the, some of these sites, we use Upwork uh, a lot, is you get kind of third-party... Um, you have a third party go between. Yeah. So you put the funds in escrow. You have a you know you have some recourse if the contractor disappears or doesn't do the work properly. You know they've got some vested interest in those contractors have a vested interest in making you happy. Yeah, because there's going to be reviews usually. Yeah, like you know comments from other people who have used the contractor. Right, before. which is going to influence the, influence their income to a great extent. And I think that's a big advantage over hiring your brother-in-law or hiring, even hiring somebody off Craigslist or something like that um, is that most of these outsourcing services will have some kind of an independent review. Yeah, and, and you can also look for if they, if they do reviews through, um, through Google yeah. or Shopper Approved. Um, or any of these third-party services is a big deal. that do reviews, so you can you know prove that other people have used them and uh, and that they were happy. Yeah. So overall, I think um, you know you need to have a plan. You need to be smart how you're hiring people. You should and you should do it when it's necessary. You can't do everything all the time if you want to grow your business to another level. Yeah, and if you're happy with doing everything within 50 hours, yeah, and that's all you ever want, right? That's you're probably not listening to this podcast, right? <laughs> that's very true. At least I hope not. Or you're one of the majority, apparently, that has listened to all of our podcasts and never done anything. There you go. So Still, this is something you can frustrating. Do. This is something you can do. So we named off a bunch of things. Uh, an exercise that you can do if you actually want to do something that you hear in the podcast is you can look at your work week. What do you spend a lot of time doing? Um, or what is something that you haven't done yet that's been on a list for months to do? Yes. Um, so whether it's a to-do or it's something that um, eats up a lot of your time, you, what would happen if you were to hire somebody temporary or, or sem- somewhat long-term yeah. to outsource to? What would happen? You know, um, What opportunity would you gain out of that? And how would that help your business? And if you could put it together a few good sentences, then uh, then get up on and do it. Yeah, see what happens. I mean, Mark and I are doing these things constantly because we both work very hard. But in the world of marketing, there's always 10,000 different things that you can do. You know, ideas that you want to try, things that you'd like to develop. Um, you know, there, there are a wide variety of activities here. And we are constantly using um, contractors. We're constantly outsourcing different projects, not only that we know we have to do and can't do ourselves or think somebody else can do better, but also to run down just ideas that we have. You know, like the, the first Facebook ads that I ever did, 
you know, I didn't have time to learn how to do Facebook ads properly. Mm -hmm. So I hired a contractor to test it, test out if it was a good idea. It was a great idea. So I no longer use contractors for, for most of that. I do that myself. You know, for email marketing, maybe uh, we hire a, a copywriter to do some of our emails to see what the response rate is. It looks promising. It's worth bringing somebody in full-time to do that. You know, so we test out ideas as well. And um, I think this is one of those things where um, it's a mindset, too. Yeah, because people look at it as when they hire the contractor, you know, that it is a um, it's it's a cost to them. It's something that they've spent money on. Right. And and remember that this is for the for the betterment and growth of your business. So when you're hiring a contractor like this, this is this is more like an investment in your business. Yeah. It's not as much as an expense. So um, sometimes and oftentimes, small business owners treat their businesses like they treat their personal income and finances. Yes. They don't think about money that they're spending and how to use it necessarily smarter. They just consider things as expenses. It's another cost. It's another right. cost. I can't afford to do that. Right. And I want you to, you know, pause when you're thinking that. And ask yourself, you know, a little bit of a salesy type of question, you know, that a sales, but can I, can you afford not to do that? Right. You know, and that's like something a salesperson says, but ask yeah. it to yourself. Say, I've been wanting to do, I've been messing up on this accounting work for, for enough times now. Yeah. You know, I, I've paid some tax fines, whatever it might be, right? Yeah. And can I, as I grow my business, can I afford not to hire somebody to do my accounting for me? Right. Like what happens if what ha like what could the next mistake really cost me? Right. You know. Um. And the same thing. If you're turning away jobs because you're spending so much time digitizing and you're not going out and selling, you know, yeah, it's going to cost you an extra two hundred dollars a month to outsource all of your digitizing. But can you afford not to do that? Yeah. If you if you pay yourself twenty dollars an hour, you know, look at the hour. Look at the hours that you spend on a given activity. Whether or not it makes more sense to, to get somebody else to do that for less. Yeah. So ask yourself. You know, can you afford it? Can you not afford it? And and try to be honest with yourself, and try to think. You know, a little bit outside of the of the space that you're in right now. Because yeah. the reason you're listening to this podcast is probably because you want to grow your business. You want to make some more money. You want to do something different, and you don't want to keep repeating the same cycle over and over again and right. complaining about why. You're not you're not doing better than you wish you were. Yeah. So this is one thing you could do to change that. I agree, and and I just want to make one one note because I know a lot of you out there, um, if you've never done anything like this before, um, you may be a little hesitant to hire people in other countries to do your work mm -hmm. as well. And I know um, a lot of our not a lot, but many of our contractors that we do use are from other countries, and they do they do great work. And they're not necessarily incredibly inexpensive, you know, but they, they help us with projects that we can't find skills, you know, here locally to do for us, or they're just readily available, or the, their time works better from, for us. There's contractors that I've worked with just because um, they're working overnight. Yeah. So I can give them a job during my day. They work overnight, and I come in the next day, and it's done. And if that kind of thing fits with your business, I just don't want you to 
miss out on great opportunities because you've never dealt with somebody from another country before doing one. Yeah, and, and it, it's not only another country, but take advantage of time zones, as you mentioned yep. there, like more specifically as well. Yeah. Um, so maybe if you have somebody, if you're on the West Coast, if you have somebody on the East Coast or vice versa, yeah. you know, that can help you out. Um, because when you if you're finishing your day at 5 o'clock and you right. have somebody you work with on the West Coast that you send work out to, they're going to be working a few more hours. And, and don't worry about the language barrier. I mean, <coughs> we use somebody to write for, for us on a regular basis that's Canadian and and she speaks pretty pretty good English you know she writes pretty well so we hardly have to correct any of them yeah they speak English up there they do the kind of you know I mean it's close <laughs> it's close but that's a great example of somebody that you know one of the reasons that I, I hired her in the first place is because she's on Canada's west coast so you know the hours that I'm working after hours here are her hours and we can communicate well yeah, so there's a lot of cool things you could do. Do some research on it, and and this is another thing. I think you should just get up and go and pick something. Pick something to do. Why don't you just? Uh, why don't you just? If you've never done it before, why don't you pick one thing that's not that big of a deal, like a digitized design or or a piece of T-shirt art, yeah. or whatever it might be, something simple, and just just. Get out there and hire somebody to do it for fifty bucks. You know, whatever yeah. it might be, just actually get out there and have it have done it once before. And then this way, if you're ever in a pinch where you really feel you really need to do it, you've got experience. Yeah, you've got experience. You know what you're doing. You're a pro. I love that idea. <laughs> That's great. So find something simple maybe to do um, to outsource, even if it's just a simple design work or something like that. Okay. Uh, this way, you can have have done it before. I like that. Give me a second. I'm just gonna. I'm just googling outsourcing my podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. I'm not sure if I'll be here next time. Um, I, I don't have anything else for these folks. I think we've we've imparted some great lessons that we've learned in uh, in outsourcing and hiring and using contractors um, for the past five years, six years, ten years. Yeah, and uh, and take some of this stuff, you know, uh, into your personal life too, and share right. with your friends and family uh, as well, because this is all. Um, stuff that we've taken a lot of time to consider and think about. It's true. All right. Well, um, this has been Mark Stevenson from Coldesi and Mark Vila from Coleman and Company. We hope you guys have a great business. Mm-hmm.